Hello and welcome back. I'm Eric Sunset, the host of the Doc Buddy Journal. Here at Doc Buddy, we deliver healthcare solutions that take the pain and cost out of broken workflows. This is episode 53. Happy Valentine's Day. We are recording this show on Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. And before we get into the meat of the episode, which revolves around ASC growth strategies for 2024, some of the headwinds that you're going to face as an ASC in this new year, I wanted to take a quick holiday-themed detour to start out with which specialties have the happiest marriages as reported by Medscape. So at the top of the list, the very happiest marriages by a specialty start out with pulmonary medicine, then you've got otolaryngology, diabetes and endocrinology come in at number three, ophthalmology four, gastroenterology five, and then you get to neurology, cardiology, general surgery, orthopedics, plastic surgery to round out your top 10. And I thought there was an interesting little tidbit here in the commentary from the report that from year to year in this study, certain medical specialties will look better or worse for how often physicians describe their marriages as very good or good. In last year's report, five specialties met or exceeded the 85% mark for happy marriages, but none reached the 90s. And this time, eight specialties reached or, or exceeded 85%, and three got into the 90s. So those three in the 90s are obviously the top three of pulmonary medicine, otolaryngology, and then diabetes and endocrinology are your 90s scores. And the expert here shares their experience in the area has often been counterintuitive. You would think the specialties that are known to be extremely time-consuming, like neurosurgery, would have lower rates of marriage satisfaction, but that has not proved to be the case. Satisfaction in a marriage involving a physician often hinges on both partners being realistic about what they will get. If the couple agrees from the start that it's going to be a very demanding residency or demanding lifestyle and clinical practice, then they won't freak out over bumps in the road. But that was kind of nice for Valentine's Day. I think those are probably words to the wise, no matter what profession that you or your spouse happen to be in, that's setting clear expectations and being able to know what's coming down the road are probably pretty, um, pretty good marriage advice, no matter what you're doing to make a living. So thank you very much to Medscape for a fun little Valentine's Day themed detour. <clears throat> And now the core of the episode is going to revolve around ASC growth strategies for 2024. Back in episode 46 of the Doc Buddy Journal, we closed out the year asking some ASC experts what they think surgery centers should be doing to prepare for the new year. The underlying theme revolved around how technology can make a facility more efficient and that the leaders at these facilities should be evaluating new technology that allows facilities to do more and do more with less staff and to drive revenue. As we've gotten into 2024, there's been a lot of excitement around procedures coming off the inpatient only list, that's the IPO. So procedures like total shoulder and total ankle arthroplasties now uh, reimbursable at the surgery center, that's big. Surgery Center is also talking about maintaining the flow of low complexity procedures while increasing OR utilization for higher complexity. You can read that as higher reimbursing 
cases like total joints, bariatrics, and multi-procedure cases. But the things that I'm seeing and the things that I'm hearing where there is the most excitement is around building new facilities and then adding capacity to existing ones where that's possible. So it's obviously pretty pretty bright, pretty rosy outlook when you're when you're when you're taking responses or taking a pulse. If you're someone like me, uh, there's a lot of reading in the space, and you can go a little bit deeper just from these these general sentiments here with a Becker's spine article, and we'll of course have a link to that in the show notes, where we're going to paraphrase paraphrase a few responses from folks in the industry about what growth can look like for ASCs both this year and then even over the next 24 months to take you to the end of 2025. So we'll start with Dr. Stephen Cummings. Stephen Cummings, MD, he's an orthopedic spine surgeon at Tidewater Physicians Multispecialty Group Orthopedic. And he never dreamed of being an outpatient surgeon during his training 10 years ago. And yet, since 2020, my total joint surgeries have steadily shifted to the ASC. And with more and more procedures coming off of that inpatient-only list, you can probably forecast that he will be doing even more procedures at the ASC as time goes by. So that's great. Another reason to be really optimistic about what ASCs are doing. And we know that this is a, a win-win-win because it's good for patients, it's good for providers, and it's even good for the payers to have more surgeries done at the ASC. So that's great. Let's continue down the line. Dr. Brian Cole, Brian Cole MD, is a managing partner, associate chair, and professor in the Department of Orthopedics at Rush OPH. And he thinks that over the next 12 to 24 months, growth from existing ASC users will come from new allowable outpatient codes, such as what recently occurred with shoulder arthroplasty. This is going to have a, quote, unfortunate impact on hospitals, similar to what happened following the movement of total hip and knee arthroplasty and spine surgery to the ASC. So again, another reason to be really optimistic. And that's obviously tongue-in-cheek that it's going to have an unfortunate impact on hospitals. The unfortunate impact will be very real at the hospital as procedures shift from their place of service out to the ASC. But like we just said, you're getting uh, the same great outcome at the ASC compared to the hospital, costs the patient less, and potentially more accessible for the patients as well. All positive. Those are all good things. We only got two more of these and we'll, uh, we'll move on. I don't want to bore anybody to death reading quotes to them, uh, but I think these are important. So our next insight comes from Michael C. Boblet, CEO at Tallahassee Orthopedic Clinic. And if anybody's watching on YouTube, you can see my, my Florida State helmet on the background there. Spent my fair share of time in Tallahassee and even got to be a patient at the Tallahassee Orthopedic Clinic. So to come back to the task at hand, Michael Boblitz shares that the market forces continue to demand TOC, and that's the Tallahassee Orthopedic Clinic, performs more cases in the ASC. Employers and purchasers remain frustrated with rising cost of care and seeking lower cost settings, and hospitals are challenged with managing their top priority, which is emergent and complex patients. This places more pressure on our ASCs to serve as a relief valve. And Michael goes on to share that their number one challenge is related to capacity constraints. 
good problem to have if you were the CEO of Tallahassee Orthopedic Clinic, right? I just need to build to sustain your role as a relief valve. And then next, I think maybe one of the more interesting perspectives comes from Dr. Manoj Mehta. Manoj Mehta MD is the medical director at, at Endoscopy Center of the North Shore. There are distinct shifts that are happening in the landscape of patient care that will drastically affect how we practice over the next year. Physicians are being squeezed for productivity. Physician dissatisfaction as an employee. And three, patients wanting one-on-one -on -one personalized care without the philosophy of volume over patient satisfaction. All these factors have created tremendous opportunity in private practice, and I hope to see a significant resurgence of private practices as a result. These factors lead to opportunities for greater patient satisfaction, better medical care, more income, better work-life balance, and reduced physician burnout. It's a win-win, except for the big hospitals. So kind of a recurring theme, right? You, you get greater opportunity as a physician, you get potentially better access to care as a patient with the same or better outcomes for your procedures happening at the ASC. And really the, the I don't want to call it a loser, but the not winner when you look at the 24 month prospectus on ASCs is the hospitals. All positive if you're interested in the ASC space. But despite all of the positive sentiment that we're sharing here, everybody sounds very bullish. And I think they have a right to be because I'm with them. I, I think there's a lot of reason to be bullish around ASCs, but there are still significant and serious headwinds that have to be overcome. Staff, efficiency is gonna be the watchword here because it's not only tough to retain staff, it's tough to make a hire. So if you're an ASC leader, you really ought to be cross-training employees. You gotta be reviewing your analytics to be sure staffing is not only adequate, but optimized for a given day's patient volume. You just cannot be wasting staff time. And this ties in also to the cost and availability of supplies, another big headwind that ASCs continue to face, really ignited by the COVID pandemic, but still feeling the supply chain ripple even through to 2024. Some of the recommendations out there to be sure you're doing the most with the least amount of supplies is that OR staff need training to be sure supplies will be needed before opening them. And your supply manager needs to be hyper aware that lead times can be extended. Unfortunately, there's just not a same day Amazon Prime delivery available as an option for, for surgical supplies. And another major headwind, and this is making news, this, is, this has been making news, but it's making even more news, more noise in the news over the last month or so, and that's anesthesiologist shortages. One of the tactics that you as an ASC can employ to be sure that you have the anesthesia coverage that you need is to get a little greedy. Save block times for surgeons who are consistently filling their blocks so that anesthesiologist time isn't wasted. And that's an optimization that you can make. A shift that is potentially an option for you, and you'll have to determine this with the help of an attorney, a good healthcare attorney, is whether an all CRNA model is viable for your center. So either all CRNAs or CRNAs that are able to come in and practice independently. Some states, you have to consult with an attorney, I guess, to, to determine what makes the most sense based on which state you're in. 
So when you look at all the all of the bullish commentary here, I mean, like the devil's in the details, right? Staff, supplies, anesthesia shortages, or anesthesiologist shortages, rather. Those are all pretty critical to being able to get the patient through, but you need to hit the markers that you have as a business, as an organization, right? So in closing, I would challenge you to think about how you are using technology to help your surgery center. And we're talking both on the growth side of the discussion, as well as on the headwind side, the challenges that we just discussed. Technology gives you the ability to measure outcomes both for your patients and for how your facility is operating, yet the vast majority of ASCs cling to the old ways of doing things. The high performers, the leaders, those paying attention in the ASC space are already playing the new game. And once you're playing this new game, you can't ever go back to the old way, and you wouldn't want to. We see this every day with our OpNote solution. And if you're not familiar, OpNote replaces the 100-year-old technology that the majority of ASCs are still using to generate their operative reports, and that's transcription. And no matter what service level you have with your transcription vendor, there's going to be some amount of waiting involved. OpNote is a new game. It's instant. It gives you the generation and approval of an operative report with images if you need them, from the point of care, there's no waiting. So how could you ever go back to the old way? Food for thought. And on behalf of the entire DocBuddy team, I want to thank you for listening. Be sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube so you can always hear and watch the newest episodes of the DocBuddy Journal. Until next time, I'm your host, Eric Sunset. Talk to you again soon.